0: listening to episode 233 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave and I'm lucky to be joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we continue our look at season four of TNT's The Librarian. So, how about you? You feeling lucky tonight? Yeah, I like how you did that. Yeah. You know, feeling lucky, punk? Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know what? And talk about movie <laughs> references And and obviously as a teacher you try to get them you know, in touch with the value of cultural references, literary references, biblical references, and, and you know, you throw that line out to the kids and they just look at you like you're nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, huh? I know, I know. So, all right, well, before we begin, want to remind you, as always, love to hear from you. Emails at scifitvrewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website, leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab if you'd like to do it that way. Record your own audio clip the way Fred did. Just send us a tweet at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, and we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group. Join the discussions there. And, you know, we keep getting a, a, an addition to the Facebook group about, you know, maybe one a day, one every other day. So it's creeping up there, and there's some good stuff. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, can creep up there, but don't be creepy, right? Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, you know, a little bit of news, not, not really news, just a uh, heads up on some shows that are coming up. And one is on Stars. So uh, obviously, you have to subscribe to Stars to get that. And I think Stars is part of the HBO package, but I'm uh, not nope. positive.
1: No, it's not? No, not for, um, at least not for. Well, you know what? For, maybe I should check and see, actually. No? Okay. Well, there's a show called Counterpart. And
0: uh-huh. it debuts Sunday, January twenty first. But what they've done for the last week or so, the first episode is available on mobile devices. So at least for me, I have Direct TV. I can't get it on my TV, but I watched it on my iPad. So it's really cool. I don't really want to even tell you anything about it, although the promos, you know, really lay it out there. You know, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's really. Science fiction at its base, but it appears that it's going to be more espionage, at, at least based on the first episode. So that's okay. definitely worth checking out. Altered Carbon, February 2nd on Netflix, which uh, looks like it's going to be more cyberpunkish and, and looks really cool. And then one that's already available on Amazon is Electric Dreams, which is. A series yeah. based on stories by Philip K. Dick, who yeah. I I think we could argue, if not the father of cyberpunk, certainly he he had a a, a large role in its development. Yeah. I mean, he he no did Blade question, Runner, Man, man sure. in the High Castle, so yep. that's already out there. I watched the first episode.
1: Pretty uh, what cool. Was the one with the uh, Tom the, Cruise. Oh right. Um, the um, I'm forgetting. Minority I'm Report yeah
0: oh right exactly right so uh counterpart on stars altered carbon netflix and electric dreams on amazon so uh definitely worth checking out now i didn't necessarily have a pick of the week except that i i continue to just and it's not sci-fi or genre at all but downton abbey i'm late to the party i know we've talked you haven't seen it yet uh i'm into british dramas so it's it's Really cool. I'm finishing up season five, and got one season to go. And after that, how many uh, are on uh, how many are on Netflix? um, I don't think any right now are on Netflix. What? I know. know, Uh, So
1: well, so much for that idea. Yeah, I had to borrow the discs from a in law. So
0: pretty good though. Did did
1: Did it require like? Was it like a little bit of courage you had to muster up to ask your in law to borrow? copies of Downton Abbey
0: Uh.
1: (laughs) did you do it like at the table or did you like kind of like off to the side like after dinner or something Uh, (laughs) yeah it was more like that I would I would have to be honest but uh, (laughs) I don't know anyway did you have a pick of the week I do actually Um, this my pick of the week I actually watched uh, you know quite a while ago a couple weeks ago but um, haven't had a chance to talk about it that's his uh, Peaky Blinders on netflix that show is just awesome not no science fiction involved at all just uh guys who uh, came back from world war one and they uh, had a family crime family in uh, northern england and uh you know so it's you know Godfatherish type uh drama of the uh you know the ins and outs of uh you know maintaining a business uh, in crime and you know attempting to go legitimate and everything so it's just a awesome series uh you know Killian Murphy is the uh, main character he's just awesome and you know really great show uh but only the only downside of it is that each season only has like six episodes so you know you, you binge it in like two nights and then then it's, it's all over you gotta wait another year oh well yeah you're the second person at least that's mentioned that to me so at
0: some point i might have to check it out although my dvr is rapidly filling with stuff that i'm falling behind on that i guess once we're done with downton abbey we'll get to but uh anyway um want to thank fred in the netherlands michael jacobs kenneth pricer for helping out the podcast through the patreon link and, you know, I'm not going to say anything more tonight other than it's on the, the homepage, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. What the heck is it? It's podbean. So, I forget what their <laughs> URL is. I'll have to look it up. Um, but you can go to Patreon.com slash Sci-Fi TV Rewatch and it's there. Yeah, I
1: guess I should know what our URL is. But yeah, anyway. I well, I don't know what it is. so I can't judge you.
0: All right, well, let's get on to The Librarians, and this is uh, episode Nuts. two of season four, The Librarians and the Steel of Fortune, written by Gary Rosen, and this is his first Librarians episode, directed hey, by hey, Eric, LaSalle. Family, yeah, Eric LaSalle. Welcome to the Gary. Eric LaSalle? Yeah, who... Now, I no was kidding. never an ER fan, but I was certainly aware that he was one of the principal uh, doctors in that show, and yeah, he's directed... First. A- He's directed a bunch of hospital and cop shows, but he's also directed uh-huh. episodes of Lucifer, Once Upon a Time, and Under the Dome. So, yeah, when I saw his name, I, of course, I, I assumed it was the same Eric LaSalle, but, you know, you never know. Because he's but old was enough to have a E R. I Q E-R-I-Q. Yeah, but I guess I yeah, thought, well, he's Eric probably LaSalle. old enough to yeah. have a son that maybe is in the business. But no, sure. it looks like it's him. Uh, this aired December 13th, 2017. Well, hold on, hold
1: on. You can't Go just ahead. bring up Eric LaSalle and just keep going, man. You got to let me talk about Eric LaSalle a little bit. Go ahead. Come on, man. So anyway, uh, yeah, Eric LaSalle was, uh, when ER first, showed, and actually Noah, you know what, Noah Wiley. There's the connection. They work together in ER. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, but so the first like I probably watched it the first maybe couple seasons, uh, and once George Clooney left, I think maybe I watched it one more season after that. Um, but uh, I was just thinking about Eric LaSalle just yesterday, as a matter of fact, because as I told you, uh, my sons had a hockey tournament up in Philadelphia, and we're driving home, and we went past this place. I said, "Oh, look! They have a Friendlies here because a lot of the Friendlies. Uh, I don't know if they have them in other parts of the country. I they probably have Friendlies all across the country, right?
0: I but guess, but a lot of the ones
1: around here are, are closing. And I think actually, you still went out in Westminster, right? Yeah, yep. But a lot of them are closing, and so like I saw them, like, oh, that look a Friendlies. And then we drove up to it as we we're passing it. It said Freddy's, but it was like the the script." Of was exactly you know, it's obviously meant to look like Friendlies, but it's called Freddy's. And I thought about coming to America. Did you ever see Coming to America? I did with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. And so like the uh, the father, the girl that Eddie Murphy is chasing after, owns a restaurant that is clearly a McDonald's restaurant called McDougal's. Right? Okay. So anyway, just this whole rumination of Freddy Friendlies, McDonald's, McDougal's. And then I was just like who was the guy who played, like, you know, Eddie Murphy's uh, rival for this girl? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Eric LaSalle. Because I couldn't remember whether it was, like, because Eddie, Eddie Murphy played, like, half the roles in the movie, but then it wasn't. It was Eric LaSalle. So this is funny because I was just thinking about Eric LaSalle yesterday. All right. I know that story now it seems kind of pointless. In retrospect, I see that.
0: But you did bring up
1: the <laughs> ER connection with Noah Wiley,
0: so that's, I think, worth all the other... stuff that you brought up
1: (laughs) ridiculousness (laughs) all right
0: anyway all right well we also had a guest star that i think most people recognize but it's probably be hard pressed to know his name and that's richard kind who plays benny kanapka and i certainly remember him from gotham when i was watching gotham which wasn't all that long but he was also in a couple episodes of leverage but he's just one of these guys that he he's in an episode of virtually
1: everything Right, well, I remember him from Mad About You, which is uh Paul Reiser, Helen Hunt sitcom. Oh from yeah, the, yeah. In the mid '90s, and every time I see him, I'm like, oh, that's the, the guy that he was the doctor. i Mad About You, because um, I think he might have been like married to, like Paul Reiser's sister or something like that. Maybe I can't remember, but he he's funny, you know. He's good. and like you said, he's he's in tons of things. He he kind of portrays the same type of guy almost always, but he like, you know, nails it every time. So you can see yeah. why. Yep. Yeah. Now, now, I'm not sure what to make of this episode.
0: Um, I, I mean, I definitely liked it. I mean, it was definitely entertaining. There were some good lines. And, you know, I, I, again, he, he was great as the guest star. I don't know, you never read the first Librarian's companion novel because I
1: gave it away before you had a chance to exactly. But there, there,
0: there's a similar one. I still have plot. the second
1: one, too. Should we do a, a giveaway for that one? or Do you want Did to you? read it? Yeah, I wouldn't mind reading it. Yeah, it's like sitting on the steps of my house where it's been ever since I finished reading it. Okay, well, so, we'll, we'll work that out. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll work uh, that out.
0: But the first novel, The Librarians in the Lost Lamp, part of the novel finds the young librarians in Vegas investigating a man who's experience a run of good luck. And there's a lucky penny involved, and, you know, I'll leave... It there for right now but i couldn't help but you know thinking back to that even though this deals with the opposite which is uh bad
1: luck or no Correct. luck so, right well oh, bad uh, luck for sure yeah yeah you know, um the guy with the horse and the, the guy in the opening scene yeah you know? gonna
0: start singing born under a bad sign pretty soon okay. if it wasn't yeah. for bad luck i wouldn't have no luck at all <laughs> all right opening scene for you don't know that song i don't know that song who is it? Cream. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. Anyway, Fortune Downs <laughs> Racetrack Casino. We see that opening scene. The guy goes to his car in a parking lot, and it's just funny. I mean, it's yes. one piece of bad luck after another. He ends up in the dumpster because he meant to throw you know, his key fob instead of the actual keys. And, and then, of course, we know because we saw the truck in the background. We know he's going right. to get picked
1: up. Well, that's, you know, I mean, that, that is definitely the funniest part there where he looks at the key and then the keychain and he's like so mad and he throws it and he looks at his hand and he's got the keychain in his hand. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was great. I, you yeah. Know, like, I have to, one thing I'll say now before we get is that, you know, I didn't, I didn't even re- realize that Eric Lasalle, I, I didn't look at the credits this time around, I guess. I didn't realize Eric Lasalle was a director, but the one thing I really liked about this was the direction. And I think, you know, it started off early, like the use of the jumps and camera angles and a lot of the setups of the scenes were were uh, high quality. So Eric LaSalle, great job.
0: Yeah, and a lot of facial expressions that we'll talk about as we as we get along. I think one of the central themes that comes out of it, and, and I guess one of the problems I have is that it didn't tie in enough to the episode in the field. And by that, I mean, you know, when they're back in the library, they're talking about librarians basically giving up a normal life because they are librarians. And, and, you know, they're told you're not going to have any friends. You're not going to get any recognition for your successes. And I I think that was a really important idea that could have been explored in, in a little more depth. I mean, we see a little bit of it with Stone. And, and the meeting of his friend. But I, I really thought that was something that, that they could have taken a, a little bit further. So I, I was disappointed in that.
1: Well, right, because uh, they make like such a big deal out of it because it's so random that they just come into the room and Jacob's talking about how he wants to be recognized more and Cassandra's talking about how she wishes she could have a regular life. You know, So obviously it seems like, okay, so this is a setup for – you know that they're going to continue uh, dealing with these themes throughout, and they, like like you said, I mean they touch on it, but they really don't come up though in a way, Cassandra gets to experience the thrill of gambling, I guess
0: <laughs> well yeah, and, and again, you're a few episodes beyond what I've seen i I mean, are you up to date? I am, yeah. Okay, so so and I don't want you to tell me, but if if this is really just laying the groundwork for a theme they're going to explore throughout the season, then, you know, I'm really happy about that. And and I certainly would be okay with with the way they've handled it here. So, you know, we get to the racetrack and, you know, that's really through uh, Stone and, you know, that whole idea of you you can't have friends, you can't have a life. And then, of course, I think it's Jones. Uh, Well, wait a minute you've got Eve. And then it's like, well, that's doesn't not count. the same.
1: No, he says it doesn't count. And she's like, doesn't what? count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause he says, it's but, just like, he's like, you got bears. It's like, doesn't count. And she's like, what? Like, right away. And that's like, like Rebecca Romaine is so awesome at that kind of like, that's like just that one little line, but the way she said it and the look in her face and everything was just, it was great. Right. And, and you know, we, establish early on that the tethering
0: apparently took place and Flynn's still around and and he's playing around with you know using mirrors as communication devices the way Judson did and I'm on the one hand I'm a little surprised that he's not more adept at it at this point but it's almost you get the feeling Flynn just doesn't know what to do with himself
1: you know yeah kind of like that and 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 maybe he's kind of transition because he's you know he knows like once he is tethered to the library then he's going to become judson right yeah Um, i guess so it seems like he's kind of starting to play around with what that will entail yeah which which is successfully
0: right right and i i guess that's going to be a, a huge change to i i guess the the way he's able to travel? I mean, maybe not. I guess that's the whole idea. If he can communicate through these other devices, then I guess that gives him the freedom. Because he says he's afraid if he leaves, he'll never return. And I'm thinking on the one hand, well, why? And on the other hand, well, what does that exactly mean?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And I mean, <clears throat> and does it have anything to do with Nicole from last week or with eve and is right. maybe yeah Je- that's a good question i mean is it just his own wanderlust that is is really plaguing him at this point i mean i, I think it's probably all of the above to some degree but uh, you know again i find that fascinating and, and it's going on while jo- uh, while jenkins is tinkering with that toaster which is actually not a toaster uh, despite right despite Jones' desire to have avocado and I forget what the other thing he wants.
1: But uh, yeah. but I, I think one thing we've seen with Flynn is that, you know, like you talk about that wanderlust, he, he's always like, you know, on multiple occasions, he's kind of done a walkabout, you know, just kind of gone off on his own and everything. And that's been this kind of recurring theme of him becoming one of the team rather than just doing his own thing all the time. But now it's like the opposite, where he's just well, you know, he has to stick around the library, and and he, he's not enjoying it very much, I don't think, because he he just feels this need to tinker with everything, which much to uh, Jenkins's uh, chagrin.
0: Yeah, and and I guess the way I took it was that his trying to figure out how he can communicate through mirrors and pictures and you know other items, I guess, that have glass involved, uh, is that that will enable him to have the best of both worlds, travel, give in to his wanderlust, and still do his job as the, you know, I don't know what. I mean, he's not the head of the library. Uh, Jenkins is the guardian. No, uh, Eve is the guardian.
1: So, you know, I guess head librarian. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever Judson was before, I don't even... No, if we really know what his like official title was or anything but yeah so stone is the one that really
0: initiates the contact in this episode and, and after bringing up the fact that super bowl winners get a parade and you know what, what do we get uh i think it's that whole idea that we can't have friends well damn it i'm going to show you i have a friend and i'm going to go see him and jones you're going to come with me Takes him to Fortune Downs facility where his friend happens to work as a horse trainer. So, you know, in a sense, they get on this case coincidentally, you know, when his right. friend tells him that his luck just keeps getting worse and worse. And, and certainly, you know, we've known Stone's been a participant in a bar brawl or two. So he's probably been a participant in a card game or two. So, you know, he knows this friend has a propensity, but. He's really surprised that his luck has been this bad.
1: I don't know. I just was not necessarily super hyped about the 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 writing here because, like I said, like the the conversation at the beginning about you know one recognition and one have a life seemed kind of just out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jacobs just like, okay, well, we're going to the horse races, and then boom, it's off, and then. You know, so I get it. You got to get them out of the library and on the case as quickly as possible. But just seemed like it just was so random that that transition there. Now, that being said, once they're out of the library on the case, then, you know, kind of really starts to pick up there. Yeah, it's not long before they realize that, you know, magic is at work here because, you know, no one's luck is that bad. Right. And, right.
0: and, you know, we see he lost his horse to Benny and then he gets stung by the bee. And, and of course, it appears he might die. But, you know, this is the librarians and people don't often die, certainly right. uh, from, from things like that. But what continues to bother me, I get why Stone takes Jones. Why doesn't he offer to take Cassandra? I mean, is it a girl thing?
1: I, I find that troublesome. You're, yeah, and you know I can't think if like she begged off or what. I, I don't think I, so. I, I have, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but you're right. It doesn't. It's definitely not right that he would just say, "Come on, Ezekiel, we're gonna go to the races and do manly things." Sorry, Cassandra, you're out. But uh, you know, I, I think the, the the writer would have her maybe say, you know, she's got something else to do or something. She must have because that's so that's so wrong, right?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, just, I, uh,
1: I did a rewatch, and I I'd have to go back and check again. So maybe maybe I just missed it. But- no, I, I, I'm not sure if you did because I can't recall anything. But I just I just can't remember. You know, it well, again. But that would tie in with what I said before. It was just so random. Like I'm going to the races. Come on, Ezekiel. You know, just like totally like out of nowhere. And yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, was wasn't amped about the writing on this one. So yeah. Well, they get to the hospital, and Jones and Stone
0: witness one freak accident after another. And again, the visual humor is always really good in librarians. and And my favorite is when the two wheelchairs, where both guys have broken legs, they crash into each other, yeah. and and you yeah, know, so that was pretty funny. I, you know, kind of as funny as the opening scene with the guy in the dumpster and all of that. But during this whole encounter at the at the racetrack and Jake with his friend his friend tells him you only get one shot at life and and so now we're back to you know that theme again and again I what I find problematic and and I don't necessarily find it as a fault in the writing he says Jake you could be so much more you know you're smart and yet You know, you just work on these oil rigs, which, of course, we know he doesn't anymore, of course, know what he's doing. But in his friend's view, it's as if that job is beneath him. And I guess I find that problematic in that if it's honest work and you enjoy what you're
1: doing, what's the problem? You know? True. Right. Well, I guess it's the thing is like, you know, not that do you enjoy what you're doing, but, you know, do your talents take you elsewhere? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, obviously, like, honest work is honest work, right? And, yeah, if you enjoy doing it and it's honest work, what's, what's what's the deal? But, of course, they're just bringing it up because of the irony that he says to Jake, you know, that you could be so much more, you could be an important person, and the reality is that he is. You know, it's just he can't tell anyone. That's kind of like a recurring theme, even from the, the movies of The Librarian, where, you know, basically, you know, Flynn meets people in the real world, and all he can say is, well, I'm a librarian, and no one thinks that that's, like, a big deal, and, and he, you know, where in reality, he's saving the world all the time.
0: Yeah, well, and that's true. And I think at, at the end of the episode, when, you know, luck has been restored to its normal balance... And you know he says goodbye to his friend, and 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 you know I like when he says to his friend, you know that that you're a good man, and and you know you deserve to have good things happen to you. But then that visual when Jake walks out of the barn alone, and we see him from behind, and it's almost as if he's made peace with himself over the fact that what I am doing, as you said, is important, and whether anybody else knows about it, I'm okay with it, and. You know, again, I think that's a that's a big thing. Now, whether Jones and Cassandra feel the same way, uh, you know, m- maybe not quite as clear. But you know, l- let's get to the, you know, the actual episode. And because and, I got a few things we want to bring up about Ezekiel and, and about Cassandra as well. But we find out that the track is under new management. And, you know, that whole idea, and I think it's Cassie that finally articulates it, you know one event that's weird is this a bunch of weird events is magic and right uh, of course that is what's going on here and and i like the fact that they they bring in that roman mythology link with fortuna and and the other the earth god so you know so that was pretty cool but right away right. <laughs> they re, they realize they're at a horse race the race ends and
1: nobody cheers no one's no, cheering no, right no <laughs> Which, which again, then, for me, I'm like, all right, so this is a, you know, a, a casino slash racetrack where no one ever wins. It's like, why are all these people here? Like, that's has the word point. not gone out that you'll, like, no, like, you, you know, people would probably think that that's unusual, that no one ever wins at this place, so... Again, um, now I realize that's a nitpick, so I'm going to back off from that, actually. Well,
0: yeah, I know. And look, given it's the librarians, and, and we understand the kind of show it is, that's okay. And one of the things I missed the first time is early on when we see that ad on the TV where the woman blows the kiss, and you can see it hit Cassie. And then, of course, she goes into the casino, starts playing roulette and i love it you know even though she knows statistically black should hit 47 percent of the time red keeps coming up to the point where she gets really angry and we don't usually see cassandra lose her temper even for a moment so that that was
1: really right. really a lot of fun you know <laughs> yeah and then, you know, to see her to you know kind of see temporarily the her faith in math uh you know, temporarily shaken there. And then Ezekiel as, you know, the guy who wins. He's not the guy who loses. I'm the guy who wins, right? But uh, he's the guy who loses here at first. Well, did you see which game he ended up on first? Is Ali Baba the and the Ali 40 Baba
0: Thieves. Looks- yeah. 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 I'm thinking like, I'm all right. right, how fitting. And of course, he probably did too. Um, but, you know, just get back to Cassandra for a minute. You know, when we're, we're talking about the idea of the library being your life where she does I don't think she actually uses the word tumor but you know she certainly articulates clearly enough that she said brain great now that she doesn't have to worry about that she thought she'd be able to experience some of the things normal people do and I guess I felt a lot sadder for her than I do for Jones and stone because i guess i feel like they've experienced a lot in their lives and and for a number of reasons she hasn't and now that she's free of that worry uh you know it it
1: struck me as kind of sad and you know i'm sure she'll get to experience things but uh, well yeah well she's a librarian so i and i mean this actually now that you know we mentioned it before that you know she had mentioned her desire to to get out and do things it's like and I you know, I kind of facetiously said, well, she gets to gamble. But that's something, right? Like that's sure. an experience she never had before. And so just I think what she's failing to see when she says something like that is that as the librarian, you get these amazing experiences that are way beyond what the normal person would ever experience. So it's like, yeah, maybe you don't like – go to the movies or go bowling or eat chili fries or something, but you're saving the world against magic and you've traveled through time and space. It's like, you know, that's a pretty cool thing to do too, you know? Now, did I misunderstand or misinterpret,
0: you know, after she loses, I think what she said, like 23 times in a row – she decides to use her powers of perception, right? And, you know, right. doing her little visualization thing. It, it, is that what
1: broke the spell on her yeah. once, yes. once she went to that? Okay. That's and, what they theorized. Because then also Ezekiel, by, you know, circumventing the machine, was also able to break his bad luck as well.
0: Right. Now, now two things, like you, you were mentioning Cassie. I mean, did you see her reaction when she starts winning? It, it was just right. it was so joyful, you know? So where I was yeah. sad a minute before, now it was just the opposite. And, and with Jones, even though he cheated, he still feels good about
1: winning. Oh, sure. But like he says, I'm not the guy who loses. I'm the guy that wins. I know. You know? <laughs> so it's just for him, it's like saying things saying the world back or right you know right exactly um
0: and then i i didn't even think about it until the scene actually happened but how perfect she keeps winning and what happens when you keep winning in casino they Do take the you to the counting out. room i'm thinking like all right yeah. where's joe pesci when we need him <laughs> right <laughs> and we see her tied to the chair
1: what's your scam no scam math and yeah. then uh, well then uh, the, the the line there's no math to roulette it's just numbers <laughs> yeah
0: exactly
1: <laughs> but um. hey, talking about lines
0: because we've certainly talked about this over the last you know season or so when she realizes she's really in a fix the others might not be here to save me all right what's what's the go to i'm a
1: librarian right and it has no effect. They all start they just so They laugh at her. Right. <laughs> and, and, and even the ones, because the other three are up in the vents above, and they just kind of look at each other like, man, that never works. Oh, but it man. works for Flynn all the time. Yeah. So, you know, they, they
0: think that it's Benny's ring that's, you know, you know, somehow involved with the luck or lack of luck or whatever. So of course, Eve tells uh, Ezekiel to steal it, which he does relatively easily. But you know, once they get it back to the library and they test it and they realize no, it's not that. And and again, it's kind of a jump to figuring out that it's the woman blowing the kiss on the TV monitor that's causing it. But okay, um, I'll I'll go with it. But right. You know, like I said, I love the mythology angle. Uh, her name's Felicity at, at first, although we, we know uh, it's actually Fortuna, the, one of the Roman goddesses. Uh, she's been waiting 2,700 years and, and asks, did Jupiter send you? And but, I believe it's Cassandra that figures out after she mentions, you know, a couple of them. And, and she, I forget which one she says. Center. She says now, Saturn. Oh, Saturn. That's right. Oh, that bastard or
1: whatever. Well, she, um, she's like
0: Saturn and Jupiter haters. Yeah. yeah. You know? but, but, you know, we learn that she's been trapped in her statue in the casino and, and essentially has become a living artifact.
1: And a, as so a result. So here's my question. All right. Go ahead. So how does an actual... Roman art, because apparently it's an actual Roman artifact, right? How does that work its way into some dumpy casino? Well, I don't think it was an actual Roman artifact. I, I just assume it's well, like it was her, uh, right? Well,
0: yeah, yeah, but I see, and, and that's the thing I'm I'm a little unclear on. So, uh, Zeus had, uh, or not Zeus, uh, Jupiter, Jupiter had basically a contest to see who was going to get to rule humanity. And she wins the contest, and she decides she's going to rule humanity through luck, which, of course, Jupiter finds maybe reprehensible is a strong word, but but certainly not appropriate, somehow traps her. See, that's where where I'm a little fuzzy on how she ended
1: up in that statue, you know? Um, I think... They said that it was like her punishment, right? That Jupiter Uh, did uh, to
0: her? Okay, so he trapped her in that particular statue. So I guess that's what you were kind of referring to. How did that actual artifact get to this casino? So, yeah, I I guess unless we miss something, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I I guess as she's talking, the whole idea of free will – isn't really a factor in her world. And, you know, at first we're wondering how she reanimates herself. And then Benny, of course, explains that, nah, look, I'm just a gambler and I rubbed her for luck and, you know, suddenly, you know, here here we are. And it, it's this symbiotic relationship that that she needs the luck to stay alive. And that's, of course, you know, when we start to wonder, well, why is she gradually turning back to bronze? And I guess it starts when Cassandra starts winning.
1: and Right, well, you can see, uh, like, the, the first time that Cassandra wins, um, she actually, like, Fortuna kind of, like like, gasps and, you know, and looks like she's been wounded. Oh, right, right, right. And, you know, I, I guess once they figure
0: out it's the kiss, so now they've got to figure out, you know, I guess how to stop all this and get her back in her statue, which is to, you know, if a couple instances of luck through Jones and Cassandra gets us this far, then of course, you know, they do their thing where Jones and Stone go in and reprogram all the, uh, the betting terminals and everybody wins no matter which horse they picked because all the tickets said horse number seven and that's of course right the horse that wins right. um right, so. because
1: they jinxed all the other guys by you know they showing her blowing them a kiss while um you know jacob took the rider of number seven aside and put sunglasses on him right but
0: i i, I like when when they're trying to figure out how to you know navigate all of this, well, how do you beat luck? Cheat? And Eve's reaction? Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like yeah. you said, they give the one rider the sunglasses. They rig all the games and races. So everybody wins, and then take the so, statue back to the library for storage.
1: Right. Well, here's here's the the best part of this episode was because they went all leverage here for a little bit and you know this was like every week in leverage they had some elaborate con to you know except instead of you know doing something bad they're doing something good they're trying to you know serve justice or or help someone get their money back or whatever and so this was just kind of like that little bit there with in the casino i I love because it's like you know straight out of leverage there which is cool okay which reminds me i've got to get that Christian Kane
0: interview up on the website because it's really great and he he brings up leverage and he he brings up the I ask him about the red axe and what's the deal with that so uh, yeah I, I got to get that up now that especially now that you mentioned leverage um, yeah I, it's it's funny almost like a a low key Ocean's Eleven type you know not 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 quite that elaborate a caper but you know certainly right you know in the casino and. Obviously a lot more fun, but, and Ocean's yeah. 12 and 13, and what are they on, like Ocean's 18 at this I point? I have, like, I know, th- like I 73 know. or something,
1: <laughs> I think. <laughs> so,
0: uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed this episode.
1: I'm struggling to give it more than a B. Okay, well, here's actually one thing we didn't mention. Okay. That was great. Again, harkening, there's actually two things I want to mention. I noticed that, like I said, I was impressed by the direction. Uh, the first was when all the bad guys – so they they really stretched credulity here with you know unity of time, place, and action. Because basically Fortuna says hire a bunch of bad guys. And it's like literally it couldn't have been more than a couple minutes later all these bad guys are already there at the casino, right? Right. So – they hold up the flyer that they have with the picture of the librarians on it. So the guy holds it up, and when he pulls the paper down, all the librarians are staying in the exact same position that they were in in the, the flyer. Okay. Did you notice that? I did not, no. It was like it, it was so fun. I, I rewound it a couple times, like, wait a second. I rewound it, like... Oh my God, they're, they're all like, so he's looking at the picture and he pulls the paper down and they're standing there in real life in the same position. Hilarious. The other thing that I really liked was when they were discussing their caper or whatever, there's like four little trees, like like mini pine trees, um, and they're standing behind each of the trees and they kind of all peek out from them at the same time. I think just, it was a good, funny scene, cleverly done. Um, so again, her- Eric LaSalle, well done with the direction, brother. Good work. Okay. All right. Anything else? So when Cassandra is like at the roulette table and she kind of like somehow psychically gets everyone to bet on. Like, oh, yeah. On Red 14. Because she doesn't say it out loud, I don't think. No. It, it, her, like like re- these boxes of red 14 leave her head and like go into the heads of all the people around her and i'm like what's that all about
0: well uh is that magic i mean you know to a certain extent i think it, we have to say that she is a practitioner of magic certainly more so than jones or stone if they are even at yeah, all yeah
1: but i don't know so that well, was, that I was probably either. one of the sketchiest things that happened here. I think, but okay. All right. anyway, you say sketchy. You say sketchy. I say
0: magic. Go ahead.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, so when the bad guys show up, the one dude is holding an axe. Like the one no, guy, guy is actually wielding a weapon. It's an axe. So I don't know. You just I forgot about that with Christian Kane. How uh, the, the thing with axes um, from leverage and and uh, the librarians both. Um, so I don't know if that was a where they're going with with that too, but I thought it was funny. All right, All right. sounds good. So what letter grade are you going to give it? Um, I think a B. I, I was about to say B minus, but I think like Eric LaSalle did a really good job with directing this, and I really liked a lot of the things he did with the direction. So I'll give it a a, a B, like maybe like an eighty four. Okay.
0: All right, so we'll both go B. Yeah, I mean a good episode. I mean it was certainly enjoyable. There's no question, but.
1: Yeah, well, they're, they're, you know, like, there's like, never going to, well, I shouldn't say never, but I can't imagine there being, like, a bad episode of Librarians. Like, I have yet to come across one where I was like, oh, that episode just sucked, you know? Um, so, even the ones that aren't as good are still very enjoyable. I mean, it was funny. The pacing was good. Um, like I said, direction was great. So, um, you know, there's still a lot going for it, even... Though this one probably we can agree that maybe was not as good as a uh you know some of our more our favorite uh episodes
0: okay that sounds good uh well we will leave it there then and by the all way right. the, the url for the podcast is sci-fi tv dot com. so <laughs> all right all right well we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight love to hear what you think about the librarians anything else going on in genre television if you've got some things to still say about travelers we'd love to hear it encourage you to join the facebook group share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community and if you're already a member spread the word emails as we always say sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails can go via the speak pipe tab which you can get through the website And we'll be back next time to talk about Season 4, Episode 3 of The Librarians, titled The Librarians and the
1: Christmas Thief. But until then. Well, that was exciting. And then it wasn't.